acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Friday edition of Clay and Buck kicks off right now, everybody. Appreciate you being with us. Much to discuss. Trump v. Haley in South Carolina tomorrow. So, a showdown in the low country down in South Carolina. It's going to be interesting to see what the final tally is. I don't think anyone is really particularly questioning what the outcome will be at this stage, unless all of a sudden polls could be off by 30 points or so. But we'll see what those numbers are. We'll break that all down for you on Monday. Uh, one thing, you know, I, I've just said this, and, and the uh, residents of South Carolina who do us the honor of listening into this show tend to note that I, I speak with a particular fondness of that state Every time I'm there, I think to myself, I could live here. I like this place. I love this place. I love these people. Like, I'm very big South Carolina booster. I didn't realize, Clay, until some of the analysis about the election tomorrow, that uh 10% of South Carolina voters weren't even there in the last election cycle. South Carolina has boomed 372,000 new residents old enough to vote since... 20, I'm sorry, since 2016, that's the number. So we're going back uh, a little longer than one election cycle. But since 2016, a 10% increase in eight years. Uh, and it's the single biggest state. It beat out my beloved Florida and my beloved Texas to be the fastest growing state in the country last year. Did, did you know that? I didn't know it was number one. I read it, actually, I think it was a Times article talking about how many people are not familiar with Nikki Haley because they weren't there when she was governor. Uh, and obviously, South Carolina's population is not huge, so it doesn't take a monster influx to be a percentage swing. But here's what I would say that you're hitting on, that I am – leave aside, obviously, we want Trump to beat Biden, assuming that's the race. But when you get into the nitty-gritty of the actual election results, Buck, I am super interested to see what the COVID impact has been from 2020 to 2024, because let me explain what I mean. Where I live in Tennessee, we have seen tons of people come in. I know where you are in Florida, tons of people have relocated. 
Uh, Texas, where we have a monster audience, I think we're number one in Austin, thanks, Houston and San Antonio, or at least we have been in different months. So we appreciate, we're not on in Dallas, by the way. So if you own a Dallas radio station and you want to dominate, you should put this show on just FYI. But, um, the, uh, but when you look at those numbers, one of the biggest fears of people who love the states that they live in, the red states that they live in, has been that the influx of new voters is going to change the overall cultural culture and character of those states and that basically blue state voters are going to bring blue state politics. I actually believe that it's going to make red redder. And I think you're going to start to see some of those results in 2024 for how the internal migration in the United States, particularly associated to COVID, but also remote working, has altered the dynamics of state-by-state results. Um, I think we're going to see. We kind of got a hint on that. That's already happened in Florida. Yeah, Florida, 22, 22 with, with, Ron, with Ron DeSantis' 20-point win. I mean, it, there's no question the data shows Florida is a lot redder than it was, and part of that is the migration. Part of it is just good governance from Ron DeSantis within the state, but uh, they switched party affiliation in Florida from before COVID until uh, present day from a deficit of plus 250,000 Democrats uh, over Republicans to a half a million Republican registered voter advantage and counting it might even be a little higher than that yeah i think it's so it seven hundred and fifty thousand swing yeah from what the democrats had as, had as an advantage so it's happened what you're talking about it, in florida it's that's you know done deal it's a question of how far they run the scoreboard up uh texas uh has gotten the same thing although unfortunately i love we love austin but a lot of california libs for uh, business and corporate reasons, had moved into Austin over the years, have making it you know very blue. But I think statewide, Texas has been the recipient of more uh, Republican voters, and certainly South South Carolina was already deep red, so that doesn't really feel like it's going to change all that much. But it might become, in terms of uh, the census and uh, and the, I mean, look, it already is the numbers when you're talking about increasing your population by ten percent. Uh, yeah. That has a real effect in terms of congressional seats and. So anyway, South Carolina has done a great job. If they, um, I've said this, I told Governor McMaster this when I saw him a while back. I said, sir, I love your state. If you guys didn't have a 6% income tax, you'd be cleaning the clocks of a lot of these other, but it's just, you know, Tennessee's a real nice place too, and 0% state income taxes, you know, plus you get all that country I, music. It's very compelling. I, I said, and I will continue to reiterate it 20 years from now. Remember the analogy I think I made? Um, I went out, I bet you've been there, it's Condado, I believe, right? Or is it Coronado? I get them both mixed up. One of them is Coronado in, in San Diego? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Condado, which is down in, in San Juan, which is a beautiful area of Puerto Rico. Coronado, which is in uh, San Diego. Anybody who's ever been out there, it's one of the most beautiful places in the United States. Just absolutely exquisite. And there are lots of middle-class houses, which now cost millions of dollars, that were built in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, when you could move to San Diego, be a teacher, be a firefighter, and live that lifestyle on that exquisitely beautiful place at a normal person's salary. Uh, and a lot of people, I always think this is one of the most fascinating debates you can have, Buck. 50 years from now, is there a place in the United States where you'll look around and say, boy, I wish I had moved my family to this place. It would have been incredible. The cost of living was still somewhat affordable. It was way better. I'm telling you that many parts of Texas, Tennessee, and Florida, over the no state income tax, 20 years from now, 40 years from now, you're going to be kicking yourself if you're struggling in the Chicago suburbs 
or you are in New York City on Long Island or anywhere in the city and you're fighting to try to make it with your family, anywhere in the California area and you're getting increasingly frustrated by blue state and blue city combination governance, you're going to kick yourself you didn't move 20 years ago. So... I, don't know, I think that I think a lot of that is is going to play out for sure. Um, eventually, I'm just going to have to move back to New York in 15 years and run for mayor and clean it up. That's how my novel, the Buck Sexton story, is going to go. Um, but in the meantime, New York's got to learn some painful lessons. Now, back to South Carolina. You're going to be Haley. a new Rudy, except uh, hopefully, uh, hopefully, not have the same ending. <laughs> so <laughs> anyway. I don't want you bank, I don't want you bankrupted in uh, in courts all over the country to have the end of your story. But yes, you need the Rudy. There needs to be a new Rudy in New York City. There needs to be a new sheriff in town, so to speak. Uh, speaking of law enforcement, um, we're gonna do this one at the bottom. I just want there is some breaking news on the Fonnie Willis situation out of Atlanta that we are going to want to talk about. Clay is so fired up. Clay is oh, ready I love to this story. run I love this story. the Trump legal team on this one. I, I think if we could get Clay to cross-examine Fonny on the stand himself, he would do it in a heartbeat. Uh, oh, because I would. she's Yeah, because she's, she's in... That uh, would be must-see television, by the way, Buck. Oh, if yeah. you got me on the on the cross-ex there of, of these guys, I think that would be a lot of fun. Her initial testimony was some of the most engaging, entertaining... Reality TV I have seen yes. in a very it was, long time. It was impossible to look away. So we're gonna, we're gonna dive into that at the bottom. I, I think we'll, we'll talk a little more here. Um, stay on the South Carolina, uh, GOP primary. Just look at some of these dynamics. I think everyone understands Trump is gonna win, but what does it mean for the party? How long does Nikki Haley stay in? What are the numbers? And what does it say about South Carolina as we've been discussing the migration that's been going on from some of these blue states? Um, I want to take calls from our uh, some South Carolina listeners, you have a particular opinion on this one, uh, 800-282-2882. Nikki Haley, Clay, this is cut 11. Nikki Haley is saying straight up, if you guys elect Trump, she, she's kind of standing up and saying that she's standing athwart MAGA. Yeah. She's saying if you guys elect Trump, he's not going to win again. This is cut 11. Listen to it. If you want a change in our country, which I think the entire country wants a change, we won't get a change if we don't win an election. Donald Trump will not win the general election. You can you can have him win any primary you want. He will not win a general election. We will have a female president of the United States. It will either be me or it will be Kamala Harris. But if Donald Trump is the nominee, you can mark my words, he will not win a general election. And what I say to everybody is don't complain about what happens in a general election if you don't really think about that in this primary. It is literally impossible that we will win an election if Donald Trump is the nominee. Okay, hold, hold, so let's, let's, there, can we, I want to pull out one little thread on this because I know you want to yeah. dive into the much bigger thing. I agree with her that it's going to be a, like, if it's a Democrat, it's going to eventually be President Harris, just to be clear. I do not think Joe Biden can finish out four years, nor does he want to, but I do think he wants to run and then hand over to Kamala. So I, I agree with her analysis on that bit of it or that sort of piece of the overall, but the rest of the pie, uh, so to speak, Clay, she's, She's throwing the kitchen sink at Trump and Ma- and MAGA world and the whole thing. I think she's ending her political career. And 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 I don't say that lightly. She's 52 years old. If the only way she maintains her political career now, based on everything that she has said, is if Trump loses. Because then she can go and run in 28 and wag her finger and say, see, I told you Trump was going to lose. You should have picked me. We would have won. 
Now you get a chance to pick me and I'll win, right? She's painted herself into a corner where she has to have something bad happen to the Republican Party in order for her to win. And I don't think that's ever a position that you want to be in as a politician. And frankly, there are a lot of you out there listening right now who remember what Nikki Haley said, saying right now, you heard John Kasich say it. You heard Jeb Bush say it. You heard Ted Cruz say it. You heard uh, everyone who ran, again, Marco Rubio, you heard everyone who ran against Trump in 2016 tell you that if Trump was the nominee, there was no way he was going to win, and then he won. So I don't think this works in 2024 as an argument, but worse than that, Buck, I just, again, I don't know who is able to reach Nikki Haley because you have to be in a bubble of uh, optimism and your campaign bubble often is filtered from what the real world is because they're telling you things they think you need to hear as opposed to the reality. Somebody needs to get to Nikki Haley uh, inside of her bubble and say, you are destroying your entire viability as a presidential candidate and as a political leader in the Republican Party with the way that you are running your campaign right now. Now, I, I hate to even say this out loud, but what if Trump loses? That's then the only she, play. That's the only play she has. That, that, then, but then, what I'm saying is, I, I, I bring it up. Yeah, right, yeah. I bring it up but because she realizes she's not going to win this primary, and the only way she would be the nominee in 28 would be if effectively she is there to, you know, kick uh, MAGA and the movement uh, in the behind and slam the door behind them if they lose this year. You know what I mean? I, yeah, I think she's no, positioning I mean, I think that's herself. where she's painted herself into a corner. And by the way, Buck, I the people who are voting for Trump are going to be voting in 28 again. And if Trump loses, do you think they're going to want to vote for somebody who says, ha ha, see, I told you so? Or do you think they're going to respond to somebody like Ron DeSantis or Vivek Ramaswamy who ran against Trump and lost? But in, but also endorsed him and said, Hey, I'm going to be a good soldier now. I just, yes, the only viability she has is if Trump loses, which means she's effectively rooting against the Republican party now in order to maintain her electoral viability going forward, which is a very bad place to be. But also it, it, it is, I'm not sure that it even would put her at the forefront in 28. To me, you raised a question and it's one I can't get past either. She wants to, I, I said, I, I wonder if she's going to run as a third party and just blow everything up. That's my concern. But you raised the question, which I think is a good one too. Has she just decided, screw it, I'm going to get rich now? I think I'm, so. I'm just going to get rich. And, and, you know, I'm not going to be president. Maybe it's not going to happen for me, but I'm just going to get filthy rich. I'm going to get in bed with all the corporate interests, uh, like we saw her do when she left the UN and just, you know, get worth 20, 30, 40 million dollars, like we see a lot of politicians do when they decide to give up electoral viability and just get rich. I kind of feel like she's making that choice. Well, well, this is the thing. She, by going really anti-Trump here at the very end, when she has to know, like the rational part of her brain must know, she's not going to win this primary. Um, She's not even going to win it in her home state, right? I mean, if she can't win South Carolina. not even not win, Buck. She she may lose by 20-plus, right? I mean, it's like get your ass kicked in your home state. But the point here being, it's either... 
Trump loses the general and she's the non-Trump alternative going forward, or Trump loses the general and she's the darling of the donor class and gets rich. You know, I, I, so I think we've figured out what the pathway is here. It's clearly not Nikki Haley is going to be the Republican nominee and president in 2025 or, you know, become president in 2025. Uh, if we're wrong or you think we're wrong, light us up. 800-282-2882. We'll get into the, the latest on Fonnie Willis stuff at the, uh, bottom here coming up. Um, and also want to, want to tell you all that we've got, uh, Tulsi Gabbard joining us later on today on the show in response to many of your emails, your VIP emails. So, We'll discuss why that is uh, in a little bit. You ever feel tired on a Friday? I know I do. Not much left in the tank. I've got two words for you. Chad Mode. It's a great product from our friends at Chalk, the company making best-in-class supplements with only all-natural ingredients. Chad Mode is actually the best pre-workout formula I've ever used, honestly. I take it every day now that I go to work out and some days when I'm just writing. First time I tried it for a workout, I stayed in the gym about twice as long. And uh, Carrie was like, where are you? And I was like, I'm just... Chad mode fired up, honey. I'm in the gym trying to get into beast mode. The great thing about Chad mode is it gives me energy without jitters or crash. I love it. Clean ingredients. You can read what they are. You'll know what they are. There's no crap in Chad mode. It's all good, real products you can read. You'll understand what they are, and they get the job done. Find Chad mode online at chalk.com, spelled C-H-O-Q.com. Use my name, Buck, for a massive discount for the life of your Chad mode subscription, Buy it today while you're thinking about it. Chalk.com. C-H-O-Q.com. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code. Sanity in an insane world. The Clay, Travis, and Buck Sexton. Acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. 
when I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Show. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Chris has got a good question in New Orleans. Uh, I'm going to hit him here quickly, uh, and then when we come back on the downside, uh, downslope of the hour, We'll dive right into that Fannie Willis, which I can, I've got. I cannot wait to talk about this and Nathan Wade and what is going on there. But Chris in New Orleans, uh, you have a question about why Nikki Haley may be staying in. Two questions. One, if she gets as many votes as she can and then, she, and then Trump ends up going to prison, could that be her strategy to swoop in with having more electoral votes? And two, if, if he doesn't and she loses... Does isn't there a sore loser clause where she can't run third party? Uh there's a really good questions on both uh both sides. The problem so let me take the second one first, Buck. My understanding is no labels is trying to get on the ballot. I don't think she would be able to get ballot access by herself, but I think if no labels the third party did and then they selected her, that's the loophole that could potentially allow that to happen. The first question he asked Buck, which is important here. She can't get enough delegates to be the nominee, even if Trump withdrew, based on how this is going. It would go to the RNC, where we're going to be in Milwaukee, yeah. and everybody who's a delegate would vote, and I don't think they would pick her. And and I also truly do believe, well, two things. I don't think they have the um, the guts. That's, that's not really the right word, but... Uh, Just say it. They balls. They don't have the balls to lock Trump in a cell. I think they might give him home confinement at Mar-a-Lago or something. I don't think they'd try to put him in like a federal penitentiary. I think Trump would run even if he was convicted and even if he was uh, you know wearing an ankle monitor. Yeah. And it wouldn't stop him from running. That's what but I that's see. I think I think you're right. I think that's the flaw. There is no game plan that makes sense for Nikki Haley at this point. There is no pathway. Uh if you're an 80s kid like Buck and me, chances are you grew up VHS tapes back in the day. Family probably has them. You sitting around the Christmas tree, you at Thanksgiving, New Year's, Easter, all those great family holidays. If you want to preserve those memories forever, VHS tape runs out. It doesn't last forever. You probably don't have a VCR anymore either. Why not preserve those family memories forever with a great company in my home state of Tennessee called Legacy Box? You can go online to LegacyBox.com slash Clay, 50% off their regular prices. Super easy, and those old memories back on digital thumb drives, you're going to love them. It's like opening a time capsule. If you have kids, they're going to have a blast seeing mom and dad back when they were kids. 50% off regular prices, LegacyBox.com slash Clay. LegacyBox.com slash Clay. Welcome back into Clay and Buck. Lines open on this Friday, 800-282-2882. South Carolina GOP primary is tomorrow. Um, you know, one way to really get the whole country fired up would be to say on a by, I guess by the way, it's kind of a weird way to put this, but on a per capita basis, um, which city when it comes to food punches the most above its weight, meaning obviously Chicago, LA, New York have the most Michelin starred restaurants, the most variety, the most, but if you're going to adjust it for population size, I think Charleston is probably a top five 
food city. I think Charleston would definitely be. I think New, immediately, I think Charleston and New Orleans are New both Orleans, in that yes. top five list. Yeah, I, Austin probably goes on that list for me too. Um, and then I'd have to start thinking pretty hard. Miami is not where it should be on that list. We need a little help in the in the uh, food department down here, Miami. Latin food, as you have experienced, ceviche, amazing. Yeah. But when you get out of what it does well, it's not really where it needs to be. So DC, DC actually, actually has. Oh, we were literally uh, saying it at wow. the exact same time. That's that's Look scary. At that. Yeah. We just had a mind melt. DC. Yeah. We don't like to say it because it is a communist enclave, but for a city of roughly half a, half a million people, has. Really excellent food for uh, for its low. Anyway, so we're thinking of South Carolina. Uh, obviously, it's lunchtime for us because we're getting hungry and talking about food. But we got a big story to talk to you about as well. So you can call us about South Carolina. There's this down in Georgia, close neighbor of South Carolina. You have. I'm going to read you the Daily Mail headline, and then I'm going to let Clay. <laughs> Clay really, really enjoy. Really, I love this story. story. Nathan Wade visited D.A. Fonnie Willis's Georgia neighborhood at least 35 times and stayed overnight before she hired him as special prosecutor. Cell phone data shows. This is according to court records that have just been filed. So this is, you know, real presented to the court stuff. Um, this is, I can tell you from a, Clay, from a basics law enforcement 101 perspective, and this used to happen, we're doing uh, counterterrorism investigations, the NYPD. People just don't think about how their cell phone, there are, there are two things that everyone, and I'm not giving away any secrets, if you watch any CSI, you already know this, right? Two things that every person leaves behind pretty much everywhere they are. Your cell signal, your DNA. You are... Shedding DNA in one form or another, unless, you know, you're wearing like a hazmat suit and your cell phone, if it's on, is pinging and leaving a signature for you. What is one of the easiest ways to see if someone's lying about where they were, or what they're doing? Forget about the DNA thing for a second. All you do is pull their cell records. Fonnie Willis says, Clay, they didn't have a relationship before she hired him. I think the uh, cell phone records could be a problem for her now. She and Nathan Wade. Big picture, they're going to get criminally charged because I think now they have clearly committed perjury. I think they're going to get disbarred, um, and they may both end up facing severe criminal charges. Wait, hold on. You think criminal? Ch- I'm, I'm with yeah. you on getting taken off the trial, which I you skipped that one, but I assume that's a yes. given. Yes. So they're going to take it off the trial. Sanctions, professional sanctions, I could see. Maybe she even, I, I could see her getting fired from her DA job over this. Yes. Criminal charges? I think though? there'll be criminal charges. I think there will. Uh, because I watched that testimony. I want to hit you with a couple of stats here. Uh, according to the cell phone data, Nathan Wade made at least 35 visits to Fannie Willis's condo before they said the relationship started. Now, you can get into a definition of what is a relationship, right, which is going to be their defense now. Listen to this, Buck. 2,000 telephone calls, 12,000 texts, 2,000 telephone calls. Fannie Willis testified under oath that they would talk maybe once a week on the phone. I don't remember her talking about text messages, but... 2,000 telephone calls uh, in 2021? Think about that. 12,000 texts? I, I mean, 
Do you think that you? Have, I don't know I, if I've, I've texted my wife twelve thousand times since we ask. got since we met and since we got married. I don't know. I mean, I I'm not sure I've called my wife two thousand times in the last three or four years. I would be stunned if I mean that that's an average buck of four times a day. Laura strikes me as more of a text me don't voice me person. Am I right uh, about she that? She doesn't even I'm... answer the phone when I call. Uh, here's a couple of uh, here's a, and by the way, not just me, Laura, uh, like our kids. Well, immediately they just call. I, I, I text or answer almost all day long. Every do you day, have, do you have the, do you have the, uh, please for a faster response text, don't leave a voicemail, voicemail on your phone? I've come across a lot to. of those. I get, because I'll tell you what, when people leave me voicemails and I'm like, oh, now I got to go listen to this. You could have t- sent me a three, you know, line text. Here's something else, Buck. Our friend Megan Kelly, uh, shared this, but this is from Phil Holloway. Specific detail. November 29th, 2021, Mr. Wade's phone was pinging on the East Cobb Towers near his residence following a call from Miss Willis at 11.32 p.m. Uh, he left, drove to her house, and then uh, stayed from 12.43 till 4.55 a.m. So your arguments of, hey, maybe we did talk more than I thought, but it was just work-related. Let me ask anybody out there, unless you work overnight shifts, have you ever been to a platonic friend's house at 12.43 a.m. and left at 4.55 a.m.? Is there anyone out there who is married that if your significant other you found out went to someone else's house from 12.43 a.m., to 4:55 a.m. I mean, this only makes sense like, if your oh, business is. That's an easy is, explanation uh, for that. That's totally. Yeah. That's totally just a friendship. If you're Tony Soprano and there's a body you got to move, you know that. Uh, short of that, I don't really see how you're doing business from midnight to 4 a.m. And why? And people say, okay, why is this significant? All of this happened before she hired Nathan Wade. She claimed that they had no relationship other than a professional relationship. Before she hired Nathan Wade under oath, this is now filed in court and it is pretty clear evidence that they had something more going on, Buck, than just a platonic occasional friendship. She said they just talked maybe once a week. So we know she was, she's lying. Okay. Yes. We all know. And now dead to rights. Along. Dead to rights. Yeah. Now, now, now it's beyond a reasonable doubt if there ever really was a reasonable doubt about this, but she's lying. My question, though, and maybe it's because, you know, Carrie and I are watching The Wire together, yes. which I had watched before. We are going back and forth now between season three of The Crown and season one of The Wire. This is our our show that we watch as a couple. Very different shows. Yes. <laughs> very, yes. You're, go, you're dealing with very different worlds. Everyone who has seen The Wire remembers there was, I think it's a city councilman, right, politician who's caught doing corrupt, illegal stuff. And he basically just gets up, gives a speech, and says, I've done a lot for the people of Baltimore, this is racist, uh, you know, the charges, and, like, even though I did this, you can't convict me, and it works. Yeah. Do you think Fonnie Willis is, this is because I'm a black woman that I'm being targeted in this way, does that carry enough weight that she's able to evade any real accountability, or do you think that the scrutiny is too high and that that move isn't gonna, isn't gonna make it this time? 
Well, I, I think that move works in uh, The Wire, which is, I mean, by the way, just kind of an accurate representation sometimes of what goes on in inner city politics and inner city life in general. The problem for uh, Fannie Willis is that might work in Fulton County. It's not going to work in Georgia proper. Um, and that's because basically she's in a blue city in a red state. Now I know, I know they've got double senators that are Democrats because we all screwed that up. And, uh, but you've got Brian Kemp who won by seven and a half or eight points. You've got a Republican legislature, legislature, um, that is going to, I, I think come after her. Uh, so. No, I don't think it's going to work. I think this might work in New York City because you have blue on blue, so you got the protection of the state government layered on the protection of the city government. She doesn't have that luxury in the state of Georgia. Um, the judge, if he's worth his salt at all, with this filing, should go to her behind the scenes. This is what I would suggest. And say, I'm going to have to issue a ruling knocking you off this case. You should resign as the DA now and just take this out of the legal process and make this a you decision that might provide some protection. Nathan Wade is done. They're going to have to find a new DA. If I am Brian Kemp, governor of Georgia, or Brian Kemp's advisors, then I think you have to bring criminal charges against Fannie Willis now because... Again, Buck, this is why people don't get on the witness stand. And you talked about the arrogance and the condescension with which Fannie Willis addressed everybody. She let her pride, (laughs) she let her pride overrule her uh, intellect from a legal perspective. Because now she is under oath telling all sorts of lies which can be refuted. And some of this stuff you're going to get into a Bill Clinton definition, she's going to be like, well, what is the definition of a relationship? Uh, but when you have this many text messages and when you have this many phone calls, she directly contravened that in her testimony. It's impossible for somebody who's reasonable to say, hey, if, if, if you said to me, how often do you and Clay talk on the phone in a year? And I was like, I don't know. We talked I don't, but 28 times as a guest, 42, whatever. You might say, okay, that makes sense. And then if the data came out and it was like 51 or 23, you'd be like, yeah, that's somewhat reasonable. If the data comes out that we talked 12,000 times and I said we talked 45 or 50 times, there isn't a way to claim that you were being honest on the witness stand. And that is where we are just based on simple questions about contact and text messages. And Buck, here's a question for you as we go to break. Think about Did the attorneys questioning her already have all this cell phone data? Yes. And know that they were setting her up for huge perjury traps. Sorry, I shouldn't have jumped right in here, but this is, this is what law, law, that's what I said. Look for the lies. What law enforcement does. They sit down and they say, they'll ask you about something completely unrelated to the case at hand. But hey, it's effectively the, where were, where, where, you know, were you, we want to clear you from this other thing that you have nothing to do with. So, you know, were you in Queens or the Bronx last night? You lie to them. They know there's a problem. And then they can hone in on the actual case they're looking at. So they have proven, as we go to break here, we'll take some of your calls. You may have questions about this, but I, I'm surprised. I, I don't have my phone and television on. Is Fox News even on this yet? Have they been covering? Because when I when um, I sat down, they had not covered it yet. No, they're on the mi- Migrants is the main page right now. I'll keep an eye on it, though. I'm stunned that this is not the number one story. Frankly, I understand if CNN and MSNBC are trying to hide it. 
But this is a blockbuster of all blockbusters in the Trump legal process. And Atlanta, we told you, was done. But now I think Atlanta is going to lead to criminal charges. And can you imagine, Buck, the irony? Remember how famous that Trump mugshot is? How about Fannie Willis and Nathan Wade are going to have to get their own mugshots at some point? Oh, man, how this changes. You're a sports fan, fantasy sports person in particular. Prize Pick app is one you want to download if you haven't already. You can get a 100 bucks just for downloading this if you put a 100 bucks down. It is absolutely fantastic. I'm going to play Prize Picks this weekend. I'm even going to tell you a little bit later in the show some of my Prize Picks picks because I think it's going to be so much fun. As we come up on March Madness, there is every sport, basically, that you can think about. I know the NFL is over. I know college football is over. But we are right now in the midst of college basketball, figuring out where everybody is going to be set uh, as we get ready for what should be an absolutely incredible March Madness. Buck is even going to fill out a bracket. I want all of you to have $100 in your account Double your money right off the top. If you deposit a hundred bucks, prize picks will give you a hundred bucks. Go to prizepicks.com. Use the code clay. That's prizepicks.com. Use my name clay. And when you deposit, you get a hundred bucks. And we're going to give you some picks a little bit later in the show. Prizepicks.com. My name clay. Do it now. The Clay and Buck Podcast Deep Dives with cool content, surprise guests. Get it all on the iHeart app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table, because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast, and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carvin and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. 
Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. By the way, I want to give you a heads up. Got a couple of great guests coming your way uh, in hour two and hour three. Dr. Phil is with us at the bottom of the next hour, uh, and that should be entertaining. Do you, do you think Dr. Phil agrees or disagrees with allowing your loved ones to take an Uber from the airport? Oh, it's a very put good a, question put, for Dr. Put Dr. Phil. Phil on the hot seat. Uh, and then at the top of the third hour, a lot of you wanted to hear from her, so she will be with us, Tulsi Gabbard. Um, many of you, every time we talk about Trump VP picks, a lot of you very enamored of Tulsi Gabbard. She will join us at the top of the third hour, so that is to come. Uh, we are like a two-man DJ booth. We take requests from our VIPs. Yes. Uh, so many of you, uh, out there reacting to the Fannie Wade and the, um, uh, and, and also the Nikki Haley discussion as we get ready for tomorrow's, uh, primary. Let's go in order here. Becky in Texas. What you got for us? Oh, uh, all right. David, David in Nantucket. Yep. What's up, guys? Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, Thank for you. sure. You guys do a great justice to the Godfather talk radio every single day. I just wanted to let you know that. Well, appreciate that. Also, Clay, the, the sports uh, component you bring is, is fantastic. So much a part of our lives is sports-based and, and, and buck with the CIA thing. Awesome. You guys bring that stuff to the table. Also, the best Fauci impression out there, Buck, hands down. Thank you. Man, we, we gotta send, we gotta send some money to Nantucket to cover this, uh, to cover this call, all the positives. David loves us because he's surrounded by very wealthy communists in that lovely (laughs) island of Nantucket. So we're his sanity. 88% limousine liberals out here, guys. Yep. But anyway, my point was Nikki Haley's gonna be the darling of the left. She's going to be on uh, uh, Morning Joe. She's going to be right there next to Michael Steele. The last time Michael Steele had anything to do with a Republican was like 2008 or whatever. She's going to go settle right into a nice cushy job over there. I mean, that, that that's what's going to happen over there. I think she's just being going to be the next, uh, you know, Chris Christie, Jen Psaki, that kind of thing. Thank Interesting. You Thank you for calling in, David. I would say if Trump wins, Nikki might be more publicly a Republican that's there to criticize Trump. So, you know, that's what's happened to yeah, a lot yeah. of them. You know, they come never Trump Republicans, basically. But I think that her main play is going to be more what I was saying before, which is company board, speaking gigs, kind of the corporate uh entertainment route. Yeah, let me just ask you this. Do you think she's that good on television? I, I don't. I mean, she's she's good on the debate stage compared to other people that are not that good on television. But if I were at television solely... Chris Christie, I think, would be pretty good on television, right? Like yeah, as a I mean, uh, Chris Christie knew that when he would talk to us, that our people were overwhelmingly hostile to his yeah. message and what he had to say. But he was running on the Republican ticket, and at least he would get into the ring. Very hard to have a lot of uh, respect for the campaign that Haley's running when she's not going to come on one of the biggest uh, radio shows in the country, speaking to her core. Voters are what should be her core, her core voters. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, look, you cannot like Jen Psaki, but when I saw her doing White House pre- press briefings, my thought was, oh, she'd be pretty good on MSNBC, and I don't think she is bad. Like, she's actually skilled at television, which is an art. 
I haven't watched Nikki Haley and thought, boy, she seems like someone who could host a show. Maybe as a guest, yeah. yes. Nah. I think the corporate board seats is your angle, and I think you're right. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 